This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include strong language, mature themes, and strong sexual content, including female-female sex, masturbation, and voyeurism. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is episode 346. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm your host, Chris Lester. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorecity.com. Each week, I bring you a piece of my fiction, fresh off the writing desk. I'll also tell you what's new with my life and my writing. So let's get right to it. Here is this week's story. Today, I'm bringing you Chapter 11 of Honor Tested by L.C. Williams. If you're new to the show, go back to episode 336 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. In last week's episode, Honor and Delphinia reached a grudging truce ahead of their mission for Countess Harcourt. The two young nobles will travel with Honor's family to the chateau of House Drowling, a remote ski lodge nestled in the mountains east of Metamore. Their mission is to listen in on Lord Tyrrell's political campaign against Harcourt's succession bill, to find out what strategy he's using to persuade the councillors to vote against it, and to report back to Harcourt so that she can devise a counter-strategy. Alex is not happy that the Countess is sending honor into House Drowling's home territory. That house has a dangerous reputation, and the Viscount and Viscountess are both powerful wizards. Rumor has it that they did terrible things during the war, though, as Natasha pointed out, that's sort of what happens in wartime. Alex is even less happy that she's sending her with Delphinia. Honor wondered how the two scions came to be such bitter rivals. Their families are obviously close, and Alex's mother and Delphinia's grandmother are working closely on succession reform. Alex admitted that they had been close as children, but after they entered puberty, Delphinia had developed expectations about their relationship that Alex didn't share. Delphinia doesn't take rejection well, and she can be utterly vindictive when her pride is injured. Honor took this as the opportunity to finally open up a dialogue about their own relationship. Honesty always, as Yasmin advised her. She and Natasha laid out the whole story of their forbidden love affair, and the strange bond of dominance and submission that drew them together. Honor wanted to make sure that Alex knows what's going on between them. She knows that she must take a spouse from the nobility, but her bond with Natasha is precious to her, and Honor has no intention of laying it aside. To her astonishment, Alex reacted to this confession with delight and relief. As they see it, Natasha's arrangement with Honor could not be more perfect, because Natasha can give her everything that Alex cannot. 
Now the reason for Alex's rejection of Delphinia became clear. Though they don't have the language to describe it, Alex is asexual. They feel intense bonds of connection to those they love, and they adore romance, but once the clothes come off and naked bodies start touching, they feel queasy. They do feel sexual arousal sometimes, and they can orgasm, but they would much rather take care of those urges for themselves than entrust them to someone else. Delphinia took this personally, and since the common wisdom says that androgynes always want sex, she concluded that Alex must be defective. With honor, Alex has the opportunity to enjoy all the things they love about romantic relationships, while trusting Natasha to deal with honor's more carnal appetites. At this point, Natasha stepped in with some words of warning. Triads like the one Alex is proposing can work, but they're not as easy as Alex might think. Alex must honor Natasha's place in the triad as an equal partner, not just a bedmate, and work on building the friendship between the two of them. Additionally, open and honest communication is going to be crucial, especially since Alex's needs are so different from Honor's or Natasha's. Alex agreed with all this. Perhaps most importantly, though, Honor and Alex are going to need to figure out how to produce an heir. If Alex doesn't get Honor pregnant, the future of both their houses will be in jeopardy. This last is a detail that both nobles had clearly overlooked, and they awkwardly decided to table that issue until a later date. Still, the question did put Honor in a problem-solving mood. Surely there must be ways that they could share intimacy without triggering Alex's aversion. She asked if Alex enjoyed watching others have sex. Alex wasn't sure. Their only experience with it came four years ago, when they accidentally walked in on one of their parents' orgies. This had been traumatizing for fairly obvious reasons, and while their parents tried to have a conversation with them about things like consent and negotiation and ethical non-monogamy in general, Alex hadn't been ready to hear any of it. Honor understood all this, but now that Alex is an adult, she thinks that some scientific inquiry is in order. At Honor's direction, they all went into the bedroom, and Honor kissed Alex. She promised to respect their boundaries, to never do anything to make them feel uncomfortable or unsafe. But since Alex is to be her spouse, she did ask that they experiment with her and Natasha, that they try new things and see how they feel. Society gives them no rules for how this sort of relationship is supposed to work, so they must make these rules for themselves. Nervous but willing, Alex straightened their back and nodded. Very well, my lady. For you. For us. I am willing to try. Grinning, Honor led them to an armchair by the window, which she turned to face the bed. Have a seat, my dear. The show is about to begin. Honor Tested the House of Bellevue, Book Two, by L. C. Williams, narrated by Vivian Ferrari. Chapter Eleven. The Show. Honor went back over to Natasha, who was standing next to the bed with a look of wry amusement. I have not done this with audience before. 
she said, as she slipped her arms around Honor's waist. Then we will all be learning together, Honor said. Standing up on tiptoes, she threw her arms around Natasha's neck and kissed her. Lips and tongues danced for a long, delicious moment. Honor could feel her arousal stirring, a warm tingling that started in her groin and flowed through her whole body. Alex is here, she thought, and felt a flutter of nervous excitement in her chest. They are watching us. They are going to see who I am. What I am. That idea still carried with it an undercurrent of fear and shame, but everything Honor had learned about the Townsends made her far less apprehensive. Alex's family was as unconventional in their sexuality as anything she and Natasha had done, and Alex themselves did not conform to society's expectations either. We are all of us deviants, in one way or another. At least we can have each other. Honor broke the kiss and turned to give Alex a seductive smile, or what she hoped would pass for one anyway. She had never needed to practice much seduction with Natasha. Did you enjoy that, Alex? Alex had removed their cravat and lain it aside, exposing a patch of brown bronze skin that ran from their throat down to the top edge of their corset. The flush in their cheeks was already expanding toward more southerly climbs. They swallowed visibly. It looked very nice, they said, their voice coming out a little shaky. I must confess, I am not used to seeing... seeing the tongues quite so involved. Natasha rumbled a laugh. <laughs> Knowing how to use tongue is very important. Alex squirmed. They looked over at Honor. I am not entirely sure what I should be doing, my lady. Whatever you wish, Honor said, smiling sweetly. You said that you prefer to attend to your urges yourself, yes? She gestured at Alex's legs, which were demurely crossed at the ankles. So? Attend them. Natasha and I will provide inspiration. Alex looked down at their clothes with an expression of dismay. I fear the, uh, corset makes me less flexible than I am accustomed to for this purpose. I could help with this, Natasha offered. Honor and Mabel are teaching me about fancy clothes. Alex moistened their lips, then cast a nervous look at the door to Honor's chambers. Well, yes. All right. They stood, braced themselves against the back of the chair, and Natasha swiftly and efficiently unlaced their corset and helped them out of it. Honor used the time to take off her own morning wrapper. The plain, comfortable gown had buttons down the front, and thus could be donned and taken off without assistance. One customarily did not receive guests in a wrapper, but she had begun making an exception for Alex, who did not mind the informality. In any case, she thought, we are all about to become much less formal with each other. Alex looked up at her as she laid the wrapper aside. Honor now wore only an underbust ribbon corset and a single petticoat over her chemise and drawers. The androgyne smiled self-consciously at her as they returned to their seat. Without the corset, 
Their silk shirt did little to hide the large and shapely breasts of their feminine form. Honor could see Alex's nipples standing out against their shirt, the dark areole clearly visible through the thin white fabric. You are a vision, my dear, Alex said softly. One hand ran unconsciously over their lap, still covered by the patterned fabric of their kilt. As are you, Honor said, her voice thick with desire. But I'd like to see more of you. She gestured at Alex's lower half. They now sat with their legs uncrossed, but the kilt fell several inches below their knees, and dark hose covered their legs below it. Alex's lips quirked into a wry grin. They let out a nervous laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but who is putting on a show for whom here? Honor stuck her tongue out at them. Ladies deserve inspiration, too, you know. She unfastened the hooks on the front of the corset as she spoke, lingered a moment on the last fastener, then let it drop to the floor. And I do find that form inspiring. Natasha leaned in next to Alex's shoulder. It's a good idea to take off hose, I think. Otherwise, you will have wet spot later. This is always embarrassing. Alex's flush deepened even further. They glanced aside at Natasha, speaking sotto voce. You do realize the purpose of a lady's companion is to prevent a suitor from doing anything inappropriate? Duh, Natasha said with evident pleasure. And if anyone asks, I can say you sat in chair and did not touch her. It's truth. Only one fucking her is me. Speaking of which, Honor said, and crooked a finger in Natasha's direction. Dutifully, the big woman returned to her side, bent and kissed her again. Honor's nimble fingers worked the buttons on Natasha's own wrapper, then reached inside to run her hands over the thin fabric of Natasha's undergarments. Unlike Honor, Natasha had not bothered with a corset underneath, or even a petticoat, when she slipped the wrapper off her shoulders and dropped it to the floor, she was clad in only her chemise and drawers. Alex let out a gasp at the shocking lack of proper undergarments, but Honor was used to it by now. Honor and Natasha continued kissing as their hands roved all over each other's bodies, caressing each other both over top of and underneath their remaining clothes. Honor lifted up the hem of Natasha's chemise and took one of her breasts in hand, then lowered her lips and sucked at the stiffening nipple. Natasha let out a low hum of pleasure and buried her fingers in Honor's hair, which still fell loosely around her shoulders. The fingernails drew lines of pleasurable sensation across her scalp. Honor looked up at Alex, letting them see the lust in her eyes as she sucked at Natasha's teat. The androgyne's hose lay in a loose pile around their ankles, and they had pulled up the hem of their kilt to reveal the folds of their sex. Alex sprawled in the armchair, watching her through half-lidded eyes, while their long, elegant fingers stroked slowly up and down the length of their labia. As she watched, two fingers plunged deeper into their channel, coming back glistening with moisture. The sight of Alex pleasuring themselves sent a fresh wave of arousal through Honor. She drew back from Natasha's breast, grinned, then lewdly extended her tongue and flicked it across the nipple. Alex groaned.
Any further teasing was forestalled when Natasha fisted her fingers in Honor's hair and drew her back up for a deep and fiery kiss. When they broke it, Honor was breathing hard, and Natasha looked down at her with mischief in her eyes. You want to give them show? She grabbed the hem of Honor's chemise and stripped it off her in one quick motion. Before Honor could react to this, the big blonde knelt in front of her and pulled her drawers to the floor. Honor stood there, completely naked and slightly stunned, while Natasha quickly stripped off her own undergarments. Honor looked up at Natasha, excited by her sudden forcefulness but unsure where it was going. Natasha had that spark of dominance in her eyes, what Honor thought of as the mistress look. Part of her quivered in anticipation, as a smaller part felt a surge of fear. What is she? Then Natasha picked her up and flipped her upside down. Honor squealed in surprise and fright as her head swung down to face the floor. Her hair fell in a curtain all around her face, obscuring her view, which made it even more disconcerting. She felt the blood begin rushing to her head, like it did when she used to hang from the trees in the apple orchard. After a moment, though, she realized that she was not falling. Natasha held her tightly around her waist, without any apparent difficulty. After flailing her legs around for a few seconds, Honor felt her thighs come to rest atop Natasha's well-muscled shoulders, and Natasha lowered her mouth to Honor's aching sex. Oh my god! Honor exclaimed, shocking herself with her own blasphemy as Natasha sucked hard on her swollen nub. A tangled rush of emotions flooded through her, delight at being so completely taken, terror at her own helplessness, embarrassment at being exposed and toyed with in front of her suitor. She writhed and squealed as Natasha ate her. Her legs gripped tightly against the sides of Natasha's head, and she ground her pelvis against Natasha's face. She was not a noble lady now. She was a wanton little harlot, being used like a plaything, and loving it. Two can play this game, she thought. She brushed aside the curtains of hair so she could see. Sure enough, Natasha's mound hung tantalizingly before her. She could not reach it with her mouth. Natasha's torso was too long. But she reached out with both hands and ran them along the insides of the big woman's thighs. Natasha's lips were swollen and slick with excitement, and as she felt Honor's hands against her skin, she widened her stance to give her access. Honor moistened her fingers and began circling Natasha's button with one hand, while the other stroked up and down, pinching and playing with her folds, curling fingers inward to probe her channel. Natasha growled against Honor's own sex, and the vibrations were enough to send her cresting over her first orgasm. She gasped and cried out, heedless of their audience, and worked her fingers even faster. Natasha buried her face in Honor's slit, waggling her nose up and down, back and forth, while her tongue lapped at Honor's juices. From over on the armchair, Honor heard a surprisingly high-pitched cry of ecstasy. She looked up and saw Alex bent double, frantically plunging the two middle fingers of one hand in and out of their sex. For a moment their eyes met Honor's, their lovely face caught in the throes of orgasm, and the sight of it drove Honor to another screaming climax. Natasha followed a moment later, letting out a series of low, panting grunts against Honor's pussy.
There was another wave of disorientation as the world spun around again, and Honor came to earth on trembling legs. Natasha sat down heavily on the edge of the mattress, and Honor climbed up beside her. She lay down with her head on Natasha's lap, and Natasha stroked her fingers softly through Honor's hair. Alex let out a long, shaky breath, which turned into gentle laughter. <sighs> well, they said, that was unexpected. Honor looked over at them, grinned. But not unwelcome, I hope. Indeed not. Alex fell silent for a time, watching as Natasha petted Honor's head. Honor closed her eyes and nestled into Natasha, wrapping one arm around the big woman's back. When Alex spoke again, their voice sounded wistful. This part I can understand. Being protected and cared for, it has a certain appeal. Honor looked up at Natasha and opened her eyes wide, giving her the same beseeching look she had used with her father when the farm cat had kittens and she wanted to keep one. In case that wasn't clear enough, she nodded her head in Alex's direction. Natasha glanced over at Alex, then back at Honor, her gray eyes softened in tolerant amusement. Alex, Natasha said, would you like us to hold you? Alex blinked in surprise. Oh, I... Well, I wouldn't want to impose. Honor sat up, held up a hand to forestall any further objections. Alex, dear, she said patiently. You do not have to make excuses, and you are manifestly not imposing. Alex ducked their head at that, and she continued. You are welcome here. Whatever you want or don't want, you can always ask for it. Alex smiled self-consciously. I'm sorry. This is all so new to me. I understand. Believe me, Honor said. Alex's expression became thoughtful. I... I would like to cuddle, they admitted. They looked over at Natasha, then at Honor, and added sheepishly. But perhaps with a bit more clothes on... I... I don't think I want to be touching quite so much skin. Their eyes widened as they apparently realized that this might be misinterpreted, and they hastened to add, Very lovely skin, though it is. Honor laughed and bent to pick up their chemises and drawers. <laughs> that seems a very acceptable compromise, she said. She and Natasha pulled their undergarments back on and drew back the covers on the bed. Alex took off their buttoned shirt, leaving them with only a chemise and the kilt. Natasha climbed in on the far side of the bed, and Honor stepped back and gestured for Alex to join her. Tentatively, they did so, and Honor got in behind them, sandwiching Alex between Natasha and herself. Natasha ran a gentle hand over Alex's head, then down the back of their neck. Alex looked back at her, wide-eyed. You have very pretty eyes, Natasha said seriously. I... thank you, Alex said, sounding dazed. Natasha leaned forward and planted a gentle kiss on Alex's forehead. Relax, 
You are safe here. And you are appreciated, Aller added, pressing in close behind Alex and wrapping an arm around their slender waist. Alex relaxed against her then, the tension going out of the muscles in their stomach and back. They craned their neck around halfway toward Honor, and she levered herself up on one elbow and kissed them. You don't find my... needs terribly strange and off-putting? they asked. Honor gave them an incredulous look. Alex, I enjoy being tied up and flogged. And I enjoy flogging her, Natasha added. They all looked at each other for a long, long moment. Then they collapsed into a giggling pile together. And that's the end of Chapter 11. This concludes the main story in Honor Tested. Come back next week for the first part of Learning the Ropes, a Natasha prequel story that's printed at the back of the book. Chapters of The House of Bellevue will be released over 51 weeks, at a rate of one chapter per week. If you'd like to listen to it faster, all three books are now available on Audible. To learn more about these characters and their world, please visit www.authorlcwilliams.com. Now it's time to check in on my writing endeavors. Here's your weekly writing report. This update covers the week of September 10th through September 16th. I wrote 650 words this week, over the course of 1.5 hours, for an average writing speed of 433 words per hour. I wrote on two out of seven days this week. Not much to report this week, folks. I worked on the podcast and did a bunch of yard work over the weekend. On Sunday, I got my bivalent booster shot for the COVID vaccine, and that pretty well knocked me out of commission for Sunday night and all of Monday. I stayed busy at the day job the rest of the week, and tried to catch up on sleep, with mixed results. Starting on September 20th, I'll be on vacation for the rest of the month. Mel's going to California to photograph a friend's wedding, so we decided to go together and take some time to visit other friends, in Santa Cruz and the Bay Area. It's my first time back in Cali since we left in 2014, so I'm excited to be going back. I'm going to bring my computer with me, so hopefully I can finish the edits on Out of the Shadows while we're there. One quick programming note. For the next three weeks, I'm going to be running my Natasha prequel story, Learning the Ropes. This is a long story, and I'm going to run it without any extra commentary or writing updates. I'll be back with full intros and outros in episode 350, when I'll be starting chapter 1 of Honor Reclaimed. See you then! If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900 then enter extension 255082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author Chris Lester, the fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. 
If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2022 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.